Welcome to Simply Financial with your financial coach, Kevin Ray. In today's investing environment, there's a lot of clutter. If you're tired of the talking heads and financial noise, this is the show for you. Today, we'll help you find simple solutions to financial challenges. We'll show you how to achieve your financial goals and get answers to your toughest questions. Simply Financial with Kevin Ray starts now. Hello again and welcome to the show. This is Simply Financial with Kevin Ray, your financial coach with Inside Folios, serving you through the Tri-City area. I'm Walter Storholt. Great to be with you today as we've got a great show on the docket. We're going to tap into Kevin's 28 plus years of experience in the financial world to talk about emotions and investing, plus lots of other important things that you need to know about. And before we get into all the meat and potatoes of the show, though, let's say hello to the man of the hour, Kevin Ray. How are you doing this week? Uh, my arm is a little sore from shoveling some snow we finally getting around here, Walter. But other than that, I'm doing pretty doggone good. You don't have one of those automatic snowblowers? I do. I had to use it, uh, what was it, Monday morning? Well, then yeah, what's your arm doing so <laughs> Well, you got to push it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't really push it because it's self-propelled, but you got to maneuver it. How's that? It's a lot better than shoveling, though. It is. Trust me. I did I did all of that work. It'd probably take me hours and hours in about 40 minutes. So. Oh, man. I know shoveling snow is certainly no light task. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to answer some questions, uh, perhaps from you, the listener, on today's show. So stay tuned for that. I think some of these things might relate to your life. What about financial or media bias? Where do we see that in the financial landscape as well? And emotions and decision making. We're going to talk all about that coming up in a few moments. But first, I got a quote of the week for you. This one coming to us from the famous Bill Gates, Kevin. Uh, Bill Gates once said, always choose a lazy person to do a hard job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that brings up a story here, Walter. You know, I'm not calling my brother lazy now, okay? So, <laughs> but when we were kids, you know, it would be my job to mow the lawn, say, on a Monday, and then his job to mow it, say, on a Friday. Well, I always mowed mine on a, on a Monday, whatever day it was, but my brother seemed to always have a way to get around that. So, you know, his buddies would come over and I'd say, Hey, Brian, you know, that's my brother's name. Brian, we need to go out and uh, let's go play baseball or whatever it is. He said, well, I can't till I mow the lawn. So I would come home, and guess what? His buddies would be mowing the lawn, so he'd go play baseball. <laughs> so <laughs> He just roped them into it. And, and it didn't matter what chore it was. It was always that way. You know, he's always having somebody do it for him. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm doing this wrong. Maybe he's a little smarter than I am. But uh, He must have been a really good friend to inspire them to always help him. You know, they must have really wanted to hang out with him to do his chores for him. <laughs> it, it's funny because, you know, years and years later, obviously, we talk about that once in a while. And he said, what was wrong with that? I, you know, I said, nothing, I guess. But <laughs> it worked out for him. Yeah, but that's exactly that's a great right. quote, isn't it? I it mean, is. because if you look at that, a lazy person really, yeah, sometimes they do find an easy way to do something that you know maybe it isn't so easy. So there is actually some real accuracy to that because I, I have a lazy bone on a few things, but it, 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 the lazy bone and the efficiency bone are very closely linked. I think that's what this quote is getting at, right? Like yes, yes. And so I feel like I almost feel like lazy, but then I always say no, no, no. I'm just being efficient. Like why do this the hard way when I can automate the process? 
So like, you know, automation, efficiency are good things. They just happen to be very close cousins with laziness. So um, you know, we're probably not lazy people, Kevin. We just are efficient people. That's all. Just depends who to. you talk to, right? Yeah, exactly. It's all about perspective. <laughs> That's it. That's for sure. Well, uh, we want to talk about emotions on today's show because Kevin has been feeling particularly emotional lately. No, I'm just kidding. You have been <laughs> But we are emotional creatures. I mean, we like to think that we're always making choices especially from a financial perspective, Kevin, uh, that are based on logic and facts. You know, who doesn't want to make good decisions like that? But the truth is emotions do play a role for us in the decision-making process. So we want to address that head on on today's show. Kevin, what are some of the emotions that you find are likely to drive financial decisions for folks? Well, there's a couple that come to mind right away, Walter. And I would say, you know, fear and confidence or fear and obviously is the big one up there. So what what am I talking about fear? Well, it's, well, the market's been rolling for the last 10 years. So what happens if the market drops for, let's say a week in a row, a week straight? What do you think happens on our end here, Walter? What do you think uh, our clients are thinking? Oh, you start to get panic if you start seeing the market dropping day after day. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get a call or two. We don't get too many, but we'll get a call or I'll get a lot of questions from people around town here. Oh my gosh, you know, the, the market's dropped for a week straight. Do you think this is Armageddon? So fear's starting to creep in, right? So when fear starts to creep in, what happens? Well, you're going to make bad decisions, you know. Fear, you know, is going to drive your decisions. You want to make decisions, you know, based on logic versus fear. And the other one is, Oh no, you know, the market's on a roll. We've been going nine, you know, nine, 10 years in a row. We can't go wrong. So I want to get in. I want to bet it all. I want to roll, I want to roll the dice and let's get in on this market roll that's happening out there. And then sometimes, you know, that confidence that you have is going to undermine, you know, your overall, you know, planning uh, prospect that's out there. So the key is here is don't let emotions, you know, take the toll on you and make your financial decisions. Have a good, solid plan in place and make your decisions based on that plan because that plan is going to get you to and through retirement. So don't let emotions. I know it's tough. I know we we go through it all the time. And guess what, Walter? The market's going to go up and down. How many times in the next, say, 15, 20 years? What do you think? A billion. A billion. Yeah, we don't know, right? (laughs) Right. But it's going to happen. So don't let those emotions, because guess what? They've happened for 100 years. And if you stick to your plan, you have a good plan, your chances are going to be dramatically increased of making smart financial decisions. So keep that in the back of your mind. It might literally be a billion. I mean, just think about how, if, depending on the scale you use, but if you're just in real time, the market is constantly going up and down. In the same day, you can have wild swings of up and downs, and it can end right where it started, you know, or it can end way up, way down. Every yeah. day ends up being different. So. All right, so we've got this fear element. You mentioned the confidence element. I guess that's kind of tied to greed, would you say? Greed, yeah. Yep. yeah okay. yep. So what are some of the mistakes that people make when emotional decision-making maybe gets a bit too emphasized you know they're leaning a little bit too much on the emotions do people then make missteps when that happens well sure and the reason that's happening is and and we beat this to death every week but they have no plan to help them make decisions so i'll give you some of the conversations i've heard just recently you know we've got the people who work for a certain company you know and we all have the water cooler talk that's going on and then one person in general, do you have this in, in your group there, Walter? One person in general always seems to know what's going to happen on the market the very next week or the very next day. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody, yeah. you've got that one overconfident person all the time or just the, not the, like the downput of a know-it-all, but a little bit of a know-it-all. Yeah. 
and then they have this kind of facade about them that you know they have something on the inside they know something that the rest don't and guess what happens the group or the herd is going to follow that one particular person and maybe that person is correct maybe that person is not correct but nobody knows what the market's going to do so that decision and that emotional decision because you've seen him or her make killing in the maybe the last year or whatever it happens to be may not be the decision to go so then there's the opposite you have the opposite you know you you have a plan in place you've done the work you sit down with an advisor and you went through how we're going to generate income how certain investments are going to provide that income and then guess what fear comes in the market goes down for a week or two in a row fear comes in and you stop following the plan and then you sell those investments at the wrong time that happens uh, a lot when i when new people come in to see me and i'll ask them what's your biggest fear and this is it you know they can't they just get nervous and they and they want to run for cover when a little bit of bad news comes out but if you have a solid plan put in place and you understand how certain investments that you have in that plan are going to provide the income you need going into retirement that seems to take away the fear because they know all right my income is solved for you know we can take the ups and downs in the market because this is a long-term play so you have to have a plan in place to help you make smart financial decisions. That's a very true point, Kevin. If you have any questions for Kevin on the show today, by the way, you can give a call to 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. If anything we talk about strikes a chord with you and you want more information on it, don't hesitate to reach out and ask about it. You can also find us online at insightfolios.com. Are there times, Kevin, let's go the other direction here, when it's appropriate to factor in emotions to our decision-making? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? You know, we're always talking about how, you know, these emotions derail you, but sometimes I think they they do help you. And let let me give you an example that comes up from time to time when we sit down and talk to people. Let's say that, you know, you're around the water cooler and you hear this person say, you know, you got to get it all in on this particular investment. But the only way you can do that is to dip into your emergency fund that you set up. And then you want to enroll the dice on that certain investment. Well, guess what? It may be Bitcoin, maybe, you know, the marijuana stocks, maybe, you know, whatever it is out there. If fear begins to you know, make you question whether this is a good idea or not, yeah, that's probably you know where fear you can be used because it's you know it's that stomach feeling that you're feeling. Ah, I better not wipe out my emergency savings because it's there just for emergency. Or how about if you've been as aggressive as as you can get in your investments, and then you start to feel fear? Well, that may be a good thing too because what it could start a conversation with your advisor that could lead you to making smart financial decisions. Maybe make adjustments in your plans. Maybe you know calm you down and see how those that plans put together and and those investments are going to benefit you. So yeah, I think sometimes. Uh, uh, a little bit of fear, a little bit of greed is, is maybe benefit you by simply opening yourself up and asking the question, is it going to help me or benefit me? But one step further, talk to an advisor, talk to somebody and make sure that it does. That's a great point that sometimes you need those emotions to keep you on the right track. So it sounds like it really comes down to a balance. I'm sure you've seen this play out in real life a lot, Kevin. Can you give us maybe an example of a time when you help somebody construct a solid plan like you always do, but uh, made it work on the math side, but also on the emotional side? Oh, yeah. So when we sit down, we put a plan together. Um, You know, most people will come in and, you know, they'll bring, you know, their tax returns and the you know, their savings and their investments, that kind of stuff. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to separate them, you know, so people understand their investments a little better. We call them above ground and below ground investments. 
So above ground investments is anything that goes up and down in value. Could be a stock, could be a bond, you know, anything that just goes up and down in value on a daily basis. Below ground investments are something that does, you know, they typically only go up in value. So there could be a CD and there could be an annuity, could be a government bond. So the below ground investments have one thing in common. They have some sort of insurance, some sort of guarantee behind them. So something happens to that investments that makes you whole. So when we put that together, we want to see, all right, we're looking for their income gap. So we want first categorize, where is your investments at and, and how are they working? So the second thing we're going to see is what's your social security, what's your pensions if you have them, and what kind of income are you going to need on an annual basis or a monthly basis? So let's say it's they need 4000 per month, but they're short 1000 and when they actually need 5000 per month to go into retirement. So the next thing we're going to do, because you said this mathematically, we're going to figure out mathematically the rate of return that you need to earn on your investments going forward from here to age 90 or 95. So let's say your rate of return is 7%. You need to average 7% on your investments every single year until 90. Your chances are not that good, right? Because we know that year in, year out, that's hard to average 7%. But what if on the other hand, we only had to average 1% or 2% or something of, of that nature. So starting today, let's say you're age 60 or 65, you only have to average 1% or 2% on your investments going forward until age 90 or 95. That will give you the confidence because guess what? You can guarantee those today if you want to. So then we go into and we are going to look at the above ground and below ground investments and we're going to show you a mixture that makes sense mathematically uh, and emotionally to help you get to and through retirement and show you how certain investments are going to produce income. So that's a really good example of what we do day in and day out uh, as far as when people come in. That's a great point, Kevin. And it is really important to get a plan in place that will lead you not only to retirement from that mathematical standpoint, but get you through it as well on the emotional standpoint, too, because you got to make sure that you've got confidence in your plan. That's what's going to help you then live the retirement that you've dreamed, because if you want to go traveling around the world or making sure you can go see the grandkids all the time, you know, those emotional goals that we certainly have, you need to make sure that the mathematical side is taken care of to empower you to go do those things that you want to do. So they certainly are related emotions and decision making. If you want to find out more about this or see what a real financial plan looks like, one that will get you through retirement with more peace of mind, you can reach out to Kevin Ray by giving a call to 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Kevin will set aside time on the calendar to meet with you in the near future. Go over your financial situation and talk about how to put together a better plan. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call if you want to get that complimentary look at your financial situation and what you can do to improve your retirement future. 888-885-PLAN. Call 888-885-7526. More coming up on today's show. Stay with us. You're tuned in to Simply Financial. After a while, all that financial noise seems to run together. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone? It's time for a fresh perspective. 
Keep listening to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. You're tuned in to Simply Financial. Great to have you with us on the show today. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Ray, your financial coach at Insight Folios with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw as well. I encourage you to go to insightfolios.com, click on the listen button. You can ask questions or listen to past episodes of the show. You can also get some great financial education on the website. And by the way, if you want to get sort of a mini financial plan or a starter financial plan, you can do so from the website right now. Just go to insightfolios.com and click on the button that says Simplicity Express in the upper right-hand corner of the page. It's an express financial plan. So it only takes a few moments to fill out the form and the questions, and you get an early look at where you stand from that financial and retirement readiness perspective. If you want to take advantage of that, go to insightfolios.com and look for the Simplicity Express button at the top of the page. Well, Kevin, we've got a fun show today. I want to talk next about one of the really popular investments that are out there. In fact, mutual funds may be the most popular investment of all and have been for quite some time. A long time, yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that people really understand them or understand them as well as they should. So I wanna discuss them a little bit more in depth on today's show, get some good education about mutual funds. So what we're talking about here is is really a, a little bit of the nitty and gritty. We're gonna get into the details. This is your disclaimer, right? We're gonna use some of those buzzwords, but we're not doing it to confuse you. Uh, we're not doing it to frustrate you, hopefully. We're doing it to educate you. I really want that to just be very clear. We're not trying to talk over anybody, but we're just trying to provide some good education on the show. So first of all, we will start with the basics, Kevin. Mutual funds, what percentage of uh, your clients would you say owned mutual funds in one form or another when they first came to see you? Wow. What would you guess, Walter? 90, 90%. Yeah, I would say probably 98%. 98, okay. And why do you think the, they come in contact the most with mutual funds? Well, probably just in their 401ks, right? Exactly. Okay. So 401ks, you know, when people come in, their 401ks are typically mutual funds. So Wall Street has done a really, really good job on telling us that mutual funds are the answer for almost everything going out there. But is it or is it not the answer? Well, it helps grow, you know, for many people, they've, they'll grow their, you know, savings over a lifetime and accumulate quite a bit of money. So the reason that the, you know, the 401ks became popular and then the mutual funds became popular in my, in my estimation is because they started taking away pensions. So in place of the pension, the company said, listen, we're going to match whatever you put away, a certain percentage of it, into what this thing called the 401k. And inside this 401k, we're going to give you a variety of investments. Like they're going to be in the mutual funds. It could be bond mutual funds. It could be stock mutual funds. It could be overseas mutual funds, you know, small companies and across the gamut. What most people tell me and they come in is they never really had help with anybody sitting down and trying to figure out how do they get a diversified portfolio out of those mutual funds and then incorporate it into their own plan. So I would say the majority of uh, people who own mutual funds are nearly 100%. I can only think of one right now that came in that never got into mutual funds. And that's in my 20, going on 29 years now, I can think of just one person. So I'd say almost everybody. All right, so very popular. We've seen the ground truth to go along with the assumption there for sure. Yes. All right, so mutual funds, let's get into the nitty and gritty now. Uh, they've got these things called expense ratios. So if you're looking at different mutual funds, you're going to see different expense ratios. All right, without going too crazy here, Kevin, what is that and why would it be important for somebody to understand? 
Well, expense ratio is typically the only fee that a mutual fund customer is going to see. And where do they see it? They're going to see it on their 401k statement. So let's say that you see on your uh, 401k statement, for example, that your expense ratio is 0.55. Walter, do you think that's the only cost inside that mutual fund? I'm sure there's some hidden fees. There's always hidden fees, right? There are, there are. And that's the misconception that most people have, is that when they see total expense ratio, they're thinking, well, that's the total cost for all these mutual funds, and it's not. So you have to look deep, and where do you look? You have to have something like personalfund.com, and you can pull out some of those costs and go from there. But let me give you an example. I looked up a fund last week, a mutual fund for a client who came in, and I said, is there something that I'm not seeing here as far as, that was my question, that you're not seeing here as far as your costs? And I thought, no, this is total expense ratio on here. So I looked up their fund and their total expense ratio was 0.79%. Meaning that that's, you know, they thought that that was their total cost. But when we added in all the other costs, the total cost was 3.64%. So when you're looking at expenses, the more that you keep from those fees, the more that you're able to keep it to yourself rather than sending out the door, the better off you're going to be in most cases. Yeah, makes sense. I think everybody can get on board with that line of thinking, Kevin. That's the skinny on expense ratios. But I've heard this term before, Kevin, loaded, loaded mutual funds. Loaded for bear. Loaded for bear, right? Uh, Front load, back load, no load. What in the world is this whole business about loading? So let's look at a mutual fund load. And what is that? Well, it's a fee charged when an investor makes a transaction into fund shares. You're, buy, you're, you're investing money in there. These loads, so what are they? They're going to be paid to a broker for selling the fund. So the load on that fund may be up to 5.75%. So if you put $10,000 in there, guess what? The first $575 comes out as a load. And then they work their way down from there. So the more money you have, the less load that's put on there. So what about a back-end fund? Well, a back-end fund is this. It says it's sort of like an annuity. It says you have to keep it there typically five years. If you get out of that mutual fund before the five-year period, there's going to be some sort of penalty assessed on it. So let's say you have this mutual fund and you're really loving it and you're in it two years, but then you want to change out from there to another fund. Well, it may cost you 3% in that particular instance. And then we have what's called the no-load funds. The no-load funds are mutual funds that don't charge loads when you put your money in. So in other words, there's no fee, there's no cost to put it in there. But Walter, you know there's no free lunch here, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so far it feels like all we're talking about is fees. Right, so there are other costs associated with them. So the no-load fund just means we're not charging you a percentage to put your money in there, but there's an expense ratio, could be one fee. It could be from one-tenth of one percent to two percent when we're looking at these counts. So even though it's a no-load fund, it's still fees associated with that. There's also something called turnover costs. And now this would be, you know, so you have a fund manager, what's called an active fund manager. They're trying to beat the stock market. So the turnover cost is this. So let's say you have 100 different stocks in there, and they have a turnover ratio 100%. What that means is they bought and sold every stock in that account at least once per year. So guess what, Walter? When you buy something, there's a? Fee. Cost. And when you you sell something, there's a? (laughs) Might be a fee. (laughs) Fee, yes. So you just have to be careful. Now, mutual funds have created a lot of wealth in the country, and I'm not bad multiplying those types of things. I'm just saying there's, there's certain mutual funds that you know are more costly you know than others and then you want to do your homework and you want to make sure that they fit your portfolios going forward there's fees in everything so everything. it's not even just to pick on mutual funds but just no. be aware of all the ones that are in particular ones because they vary quite a bit they do and okay. that's the key 
What about tax issues when it comes to mutual funds? Let's get away. From, I mean, still kind of like an expense, but let's talk about how taxes get handled with uh, mutual funds. Do they create particular circumstances we need to be aware of? Well, they do. You're going to have, you know, the first year everybody's getting their taxes done, so they're realizing this. So you're going to have, you know, maybe some capital gains, maybe some dividends or, or those types of things going on. So when you buy a stock mutual fund, for example, they're going to invest in maybe dozens or even hundreds of stocks, depending on which mutual fund. So often the mutual fund manager is going to buy and sell several of those stocks within the mutual fund during any point during the year. So when the manager sells a stock and they have a gain, guess what happens, Walter? When the manager sells the stock, stock uh, you're going to have, have, you're gonna have to have. pay taxes on that gain, yeah, right? Just yeah, like income. Yeah. So that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because you have a gain. But that's going to be something that you have to you know, consider going forward. And when that manager sells that stock, they're going to pass along the cost to who? To you, probably. To you, that's right, <laughs> exactly, to you. And then the other big one I see is tax loss harvesting. You know, if you have some winners in your gainers, I think a lot of people miss this. So maybe you had something that's, let's say you've lost 3000 or $4,000 on, but you have some gains out there that you maybe made three or $4,000 on. I think this is a point to where you could maybe sell one and sell the other and offset the taxes that one might otherwise be due and then reset from that point forward and going forward. And the other one is called the tax cost ratio. Just as it sounds, the tax cost ratio is a measurement of how taxes are going to impact the net returns on your investments. We're talking about taxes here. So for example, if a mutual fund earns 10% return before taxes, but the tax cost incurred are reduced let's say to 9%. So what is your tax cost ratio on that? Walter, I'm just a math question. Oh no, you got me again on the math question. So it's 1%, right? Oh yeah, if okay. If you get 10 <laughs> you know, if the fund returns 10 and you get nine, well, we know there's a 1% tax ratio in there. So those things can be found out Morningstar, you know, you can go on Yahoo Finance, Google Finance, and you can find those things out for yourself. But those are some issues that may are overlooked in most cases as far as taxes go on mutual funds. I got to think, Kevin, the average person is going to have some trouble just, I mean, we're busy, right? Especially if right. we're in our working lives and we're, we're planning our you know, investing lives and our retirement and, and we're just working as hard as we can. We got families we're raising, dealing with, you know, so many people are in the sandwich generation now. We're taking care of our parents while we're also taking care of kids. Nobody's looking into all of this stuff. I mean, are people usually prepared with all of this information when they come into your office? They know these expense ratios and loads and tax ratios and all these kinds of things? I would say almost Nobody, Walter. So, I mean, so why are the, How are they even picking the investments in the first place without knowing all this background info? Just darted a dartboard kind of thing. Well, a, a lot of them. When when I ask that question, because I ask that because I'm just as curious as you are, I'll ask that question and they'll say, "Well, I'm looking at the returns for the last ten years, the last five years." So they'll pick it based on past performance. Okay. And that's not necessarily a good thing to do, right? Because past performance doesn't mean they're going to repeat it in the future. I guess I, as I'm thinking back, I remember when I was first starting to invest in, in a Roth IRA and, and whatnot, I think in the 401k options were very limited. So it was like mostly just seemed like target date funds. So I just picked, yep. you know, a year. And then uh, I think in my Roth IRA, I think I remember saying something to myself along the lines of, well, you know, healthcare costs are exploding, so I'm going to invest in a healthcare mutual fund. And that's, you know, like the amount of knowledge that went into that decision. Who knows if that was a good choice? But now it's like your entire retirement plan is starting to be built off of this random choice many years prior. It was Not kind a of a thing. 
Yeah, kind of a, well, this is what's happening right now, so I think um, I'll look into it type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not necessarily the best thing to do. And that's where, you know, sitting down with somebody who's been, you know, who's familiar with all these things, they can help you and they can point you out and they can kind of give you some direction. Because we do a lot of that. People have 401ks and they're going to have to stay in their 401k until they retire for the most part. They reach age 59 and a half. But what we'll do is I'll say, bring your 401k statements here and let me break them down for you because I pay for the software to do it. And let's get you diversified. Let's make sure it makes sense in your portfolio to get you to retirement. And let's take out as many fees as we can and get as cost efficient and tax efficient as we can because guess what? It's going to make an overall impact on your retirement. Yeah, it's so important to get that solid look. So we talked a lot about the front end of the process. When people come in to make uh, an appointment with you, they come in, you know, what that looks like from a, a plan standpoint. And it sounds like it's just usually a lot of mutual funds in some way, shape or form. Uh, how often do you then incorporate mutual funds into your clients' portfolios after you meet them, once they become your clients and you start planning with them and going forward? I know we've we've piled on mutual funds a lot. Are you still utilizing them in, in certain cases? Do you stray away from them? I don't typically use mutual funds here, and I'll tell you why. Because of all the things we've been talking about. So if we're going to go down that road where people, you know, we need some type of fund, I'm going to use ETFs or exchange-traded funds. And the reason is because the costs are very low there and they are a little bit more uh, nimble in my opinion. So if you wanted to sell your mutual fund, you're having a bad day today, I'll give an example. 10 o'clock this morning, you say, I need whatever amount of dollars out of that mutual fund and the market's up. Well, they're not going to be able to sell those shares to get you that mutual fund till four o'clock. And on the other hand, if you had an ETF, you can sell at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I'm looking for something that's more cost efficient, more tax efficient, you know, with less fees, and we'll buy individual stocks. We maybe use CDs, we may use annuities, but very few uh, mutual funds do we use. Only when I'm using mutual funds is when I'm working within somebody's plan through a 401k typically, and we'll help them, you know, do the best they can with inside that plan. Because you hit it right on the nail. You know, when you said you had a 401k plan, you had very limited investments. Typically, you know, maybe you had a 2030 fund or 2040 fund, whatever it was. So we need to help our clients pull those apart and say, this one in your particular situation is going gonna, is gonna to work the best for you. So when we sit down and we do it, we're going to use ETFs, we're going to buy stocks directly, we're going to use annuities, we're going to use CDs, you know, money markets, all those types of things, but very few mutual funds unless we have to work around them. Well, it's interesting to hear how a plan and a portfolio gets crafted. Hopefully, this was educational from uh, the point of analyzing mutual funds and talking about the ins and outs of them, especially from an expenses and a tax issue. You want to go in with eyes wide open to these kinds of investments and realize where they're appropriate and where they're not. And often the things that got you to retirement aren't the things that get you through retirement. And it sounds like, Kevin, that's often the case with mutual funds. It's time to rethink maybe the preparation that goes into going through retirement. And that's all part of a complimentary review that Kevin will set aside time on the calendar to do with you if you need some help crafting your own financial plan. If you want to get in touch and take advantage of a complimentary review with Kevin and the team at Insight Folios serving you in the Tri-City area, you can call 888 888- 885-7526. That's 888-885-PLAN. Kevin will set aside time on the calendar, meet with you, talk about your plan, your goals, and then help you put together that plan to get you to and through retirement. A plan that is customized to your needs, comprehensive, making sure no stone is left unturned, and best of all, complimentary. I call it the three C's of financial planning. 888-885-PLAN is your number to call. That's 888 888- 
885-7526. We're coming up on today's show. You're tuned in to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. It's getting to know you time. You're listening to Simply Financial, and it's time for getting to know you, where we ask Kevin fun questions each week to get to know his personality a little bit better and some tidbits about his life. This is a good one, Kevin, this week. What's the dumbest way you've ever been injured? <laughs> well, one thing comes to mind, Walter. You know Paul down there in North Carolina, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've done several broadcasts with him. But one day he says, hey, are you a bowler? I said, well, I used to bowl. So, you know, I used to bowl in town. I think I could, I haven't bowled in 10 years, but I think I could easily bowl a 160 now. And he says, really? I, I can see Paul asking if you're a bowler very sarcastically. <laughs> he, well, he did because we're passing the bowling. So guess what he does? He zips into the, in North Carolina, he zips into this uh, bowling alley. And we put our shoes on and I'm I'm getting a ball from the alley. And I just can't slide on on the, on the approach right there. I'm, so I go back and get another pair of shoes. And same thing, I go back and get a third pair of shoes. Same thing. So I thought... Well, this is just odd, you know, because I'm, I'm used to sliding up to the approach and letting go of the ball and those types of things. So, so well, I guess the shoes aren't going to make a difference. So I go up to bowl, and as I did, I stick because these shoes aren't sliding. I fall over the foul line, my finger sticks in the ball, and I pull my middle finger completely out of its socket. Oh, man. <laughs> And I'm like, what in the world? I've never done that before. Of course, everybody's looking at me. It's like one of these TV oh, moments, right? Sheesh. And I never heard of this before. And I guarantee you people in Michigan haven't heard of this before either, is they have what's called no slip bowling down there because they're afraid the kids are hurt themselves. So you don't slide when you walk up to the approach and release the ball. You just, it's a totally different way of bowling, but that's how I did yeah, it. But as soon, this, as, as soon as you cross that line, it's as slippery as anything you can imagine, right? No, it wasn't. I, that's why I couldn't slide, and I just fell right over the follow line. And and to this day, Paul always you know mentions it to the group when we're down there. Hey, we're gonna take Kevin Bowling. Want to see something funny? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, no, I, I've, it's still slippery once you cross the line, right? Just before. Oh, you, once you yeah, right, once, once you, you cross, cross the, the follow line. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But before you get there, yeah, I don't think uh, yeah, being in North Carolina, I don't think we have really. There's not much sliding. You pretty no. much plant that front foot, and that's about it. Yeah, I'd, I've never done that before. After you know, fifty some years of doing it the same way, you know, m- memory muscle takes over. I never knew that we had differences in our bowling alleys across yeah, we the do. country, but apparently we do. Well, how about that? That's pretty fun. How about you? Mine was—I uh, I maybe even told the story uh, when I was in Maine taking a picture of Connie on a floating dock. I was backing up, and I needed to take one more step back, and there was a hole in the dock that I didn't see. And uh, my leg went into the hole, and I went over the edge of the dock, but my leg stayed in the hole while I was basically trapped me upside down underwater in the freezing cold of Maine with lobsters, you know, nipping at the top of my head as I'm Uh dunked upside down. That was pretty bad. It could have been a lot worse. I should have broken, I should have broken my leg. It was, it was a pretty bad impact, but it was just uh, very badly bruised and scraped. And, uh, it was on a one mile walk. This is what made it dumb too. It was on a one mile walk out into the middle of the water on a jetty. And at the end of the jetty, there's a, a lighthouse with a, uh, a little floating dock alongside of it. So that's where we were taking the pictures. So I had to walk all the way back down the jetty Ooh. 
with this bleeding leg out in front of everybody. And so everyone's just walking by, like looking at me limping, limping back down this mile long walk. It was so embarrassing. And that was pretty descriptive because I even got a snort out of me because I could picture you doing that. So. <laughs> well, before this incident, ever since I was a little kid, my middle name has been accident waiting to happen. Oh. So that that's what my parents have always said to me. And it is very true. I definitely find ways to uh, hurt myself constantly by accident. Uh, I, in fact, just the other day, we went and took uh, Connie's parents out for pizza. And uh, in their garage, I tripped and fell down their stairs in the garage and got all twisted up and hit one of their cars as I tumbled to the ground. So, yeah, I, I just always got something going on. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I guess it's a two left feet kind of thing, maybe. But those are my stories. I could do an entire radio show of how I've injured myself in various ways. Over maybe years. we should do that one time. Be oh, a fun gosh. show. Just, <laughs> hey, we, you can draw financial lessons out of each one, yeah. right? Yeah, watch your steps, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We can correlate that to financial planning. That's, That's what right. you're doing. That's yeah. right. We'll do that. We'll do that. Anyway, there you go. Getting to know Kevin Ray and me a little bit on today's show. More coming up. You're tuned in to Simply Financial. Let's see what people are saying about those other financial guys out there. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Ooh, looks like you'd better stick with us. This is Simply Financial. So glad you're with us today, walking you through some important financial and retirement planning concepts. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray. He is your financial coach throughout the Tri-City area. By the way, if you want to learn some of the basics about financial and retirement planning and get some great education and knowledge uh, from Kevin and the team, I encourage you to pick up the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. It is a physical box that Kevin has created, packed with books, special reports on saving money on taxes, proper income planning, and general retirement preparation. There's also a couple of other goodies in that box as well. Think of it as a starter kit for retirement planning. If you would like to pick up a kit of your own, you can do so for free right now from your smartphone. Just text the word KIT to the number 33222. That's all you got to do. Text the word KIT to the number 33222. We'll text you right back. Click on the link in the text and fill out your information, and we'll send the toolkit out to you on Monday. All you have to do is text the word KIT to the number 33222. All right, Kevin, here on the mailbag, we have one question this week to feature from Rose Rose says, it seems like every time I need to make a financial decision, I just end up talking myself in circles. For example, I have some tech stocks that I think I should sell, but I'll have to pay taxes if I do. Or another example, the investments in my 401k are probably too risky for my age, but I don't want to miss out on a good market by being too conservative. How do I stop talking in a circle and never making a decision? Well, Rose, uh, Walter, this this hits almost every point we made on the show earlier. Yeah, right? we talked a little bit about yeah. emotional yeah. decision making and and the mutual yeah. funds with risks and those kinds of things. So. Yeah, yeah. So, I think Rose, I think the one answer I can give you is know what I call your retirement number, because here's what I'm hearing: you don't know what direction you need to take. You know, you're saying you're thinking you're too conservative. Well, guess what? What if you could reach your goals being conservative? you don't know and that's the problem with you or you you want to you know you're worried about taxes but taxes are simply meaning that you have a profit in most cases that's not necessarily a bad thing that may be a good thing 
So what if we could sit down and we could put a plan together? You're right now, because we're in a low tax environment, market is going good. Maybe you could be conservative, maybe you don't. But what if we could sit down and we could put a plan together that shows you exactly what you need to do as far as making smart financial decisions for your future? And that's where it starts. And then I think if you have that plan in front of you, and then you said, geez, maybe I can sell some of those tech stocks because tax-wise, it's not such a big deal. Or guess what? I can be conservative. I feel better now. I can retire on on time. Or what if we take a little bit more risk and we could retire you one or two years earlier? So I think the first thing for you, Rose, is just give me a call. I'd be happy to sit down with you and figure this out with you because we talk to people just like you all the time. And guess what, Rose? It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to run in circles. All you have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, or sit down with your advisor and go through this process because this, is, I think, is the missing link for you. If you start the process and you stop procrastinating, I guarantee you'll be further ahead in your retirement planning. and It'll make the decisions much clearer and much more prominent of the way and the direction you need to go and you need to get these things done. So give us a call. Yeah, very important to do that. And great question, Rose. Thanks for sending that one in to us. The number to call if you want to meet with Kevin Ray to talk about your own financial plan is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Make sure you're on the right track to get a financial plan in place to achieve your retirement goals and dreams. But it takes some action. It takes you picking up the phone, giving a call, reaching out to Kevin to talk about these things. 888-885-PLAN. We're always inviting your questions anything that's on your mind. Uh, If you need some help planning for retirement, Kevin's there for you. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526. Well, Kevin, that'll do it for this week's show. Appreciate the time and the uh, effort to join us on the program today, and we'll look forward to doing it again next week. We'll see you next week. Stay warm and dry. You got it, Kevin. You can always find Kevin online at insightfolios.com, or again, call the number 888-885-PLAN. Until next time, for Kevin Ray, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on Simply Financial. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, Inc., a registered investment advisor. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Insight Folios, Inc. does not offer legal or tax advice. Kevin Ray is an investment advisor representative of Insight Folios, Inc.